This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Hi, I'm Shella Rupa. You know, it's easy to go through life and take it for granted until you get a terminal diagnosis. My guest today, Jacques Smith, is going to tell us his incredible story of how he went through something similar and how that changed his life forever. Hi, Jacques, and welcome to Down with the Dig. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So, Jacques, you were just going along, you know, same as you did every day, and then something happened. Let's talk about what happened. Yes, sure. I, uh, in like 2013 or so, I started experiencing different things that made me feel like something was definitely happening. Um, I lived a life of working out, doing things daily, enjoying family, friends, fun. And I just started having different symptoms, whereas I started scratching a lot, uh, just uh, very fatigued. I was losing weight unintentionally, though I was in the gym working out and things, but I was just losing a lot of weight. And I just started noticing things over the years, uh, whereas my skin was getting yellow, my eyes were very were turning a yellowish tint. Um, soon for us to find out, it was I was jaundiced. So um, in about after it got to a point where I needed to really, you know, uh, take control of some things and uh, not running from mm-hmm. uh, any type of health scares. Uh, my son uh, stopped me in my footstep in my tracks and he says, "Dad, your eyes are yellow. They look like eggs." And you know, I that really scared me into going to get a test. Um, my wife and I, we had Googled and different things and saw that some things were leading to something with the liver. Um, but me being a little hesitant on going to the hospital or going to a doctor, I, I, I was, I did not go until my son really stopped me in my tracks again and told me, you know, that I see, I don't see my dad. I see only yellow in your eyes. Right. Something's wrong. So it's, yeah, it that's is. what I... It is scary when you you think about it and the thoughts of the possibility that you could have something that, you know, maybe isn't curable. It it is scary. And I can see kind of putting that off and not going to the doctor because you just you don't want to hear what they have to say. Yes, exactly. I was very I was very nervous about going um, because I knew something was wrong. Uh, Again, after Google searches and different things. I knew something was going on and I think it took, I definitely took for my son to stop me to make me realize, let's go get, let me get checked out. And I did. And um, I was diagnosed in 2016 with primary biliary cirrhosis of the liver. Um, I made an appointment with the doctor. As soon as I went in, the doctor immediately said, you're jaundiced. And I said, yes. (laughs) I think that's what I looked up Uh and she was like, oh my goodness, stick your tongue out. And I stuck my tongue out and she looked under my tongue and it was completely yellow it looked like a yellow highlighter under my tongue um just again, her reaction eyes. had to be scary to you oh it, it really you know when she's when i walked in when she walked in and she said oh my goodness you're jaundiced it just it made me like oh wow you know what does that mean you know really and so um after seeing her reaction yeah so she quickly uh put me in for a um liver uh she wanted me to get a biopsy uh, where they go in and take a piece of the liver to check it out. Mm-hmm. And so she scheduled me for a biopsy um, at my procedures and everything through Cleveland Clinic. She put me, uh, put me in for that and it came back that I had 97.6% blockage in my biliary tract leading to my liver. And to the point where almost they were like, how are you even standing? Oh, wow. um, it was really, really bad. Um, I had gotten down to 187, 180. I think the lowest I saw was 181. 
And I'm a relatively tall, big guy. So it was, you know, the weight loss was very noticeable. Um, I remember my, my late mother, she was even saying, you know, what's going on? You're losing so much weight. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I was diagnosed with primary biliary cirrhosis once everything came back, uh, which is uh, PBC for short. Uh-huh. It's a progressive disease of the liver. Um, it's caused by the buildup of bile within the liver. And that results in damage to the small bowel ducts and the, and that drain bile from the liver. So, so it was not was, properly flowing. What was the next step once you got the biopsy back? So um, they tried to put in stents. My, uh, the doctor, uh, they tried to do things to open up that uh, the tract to let the bile so everything could flow, the drain could flow. Um, they tried to put stents in. That didn't work. I was uh, I had a bag. Um, I was you know, using a, a bag for things for any type of, uh, you know, bile or, you know, or anything to, to, to drain. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work. Uh, they, you know, I would go back and, you know, it just was not working properly. So eventually uh, I was told I needed to have a liver transplant and I was put on the liver, uh, the, the liver, the donor list for a liver transplant because everything they tried just did not work. So at that point, had they told you that, look, we've tried all these different ideas, nothing's working, this is going to be terminal unless you get the liver, get a new liver? Is that? I was, they said, if you do not have the liver transplant, pretty much you can start counting down Um, because nothing was working. I was still getting sick. Every time I went back, I was worse. It was not that I was improving. Mm-hmm. I was getting worse. Um, it was just, it, 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 it tried, you know, some pressure was letting, you know, I was getting some more uh, release in, uh, during that, you know, with the, what they were doing, but it was not enough for them to say, you're out of the dark. So um, what was what was, was going through your mind at, at that moment when you knew you had to have that transplant? Um, I wouldn't see my, my family. <laughs> um I was, I was, I was scared. Uh, and I don't scare too easily, but I was very scared, um, that I would not see my children, you know, grow or, you know, go on and my wife. Um, I just started thinking about everything, my family, um, just, I, I, I didn't know what was next. And I, that was the first time in my life. I did not see, I, I could not tell, you know, I just didn't see me the next day. I didn't right. know what the next day would bring. I, I didn't know if I would be here or not. Well, ha- what about your family? What was their reaction? Because that had to be just like gut wrenching to them, also. Yeah, I think my wife. She was right there with me all the way. Still, still is. Um, she helped me uh, to, you know, take that moment to to let it sink in that this is. Uh, if I don't get this, if I don't have this transplant, I could be out of here. Uh, she helped me really get myself together because I, I wanted to be strong for my children, who had noticed, of course, my son. But my daughter as well, um, they had noticed something was going on. My, my, my father, my brother, my sister, my family all knew something was going on, my sister-in-law. So I, you know, it was very hard. But I right. think my wife, because she prepared me to be able to talk about it and talking to my, I give it to my doctor as well. They gave me a lot of information on it. Um, because so you were, you were well informed. Yeah, well, the, the they, you know, they explained to me what it was and that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pressure buildup, it destroys the bile ducts leading to liver cell damage. And, um, it, you know, as the disease progresses enough and the liver cells die, cirrhosis occurs and the liver failure can occur. And they explained to me about it. And they told me that, you know, the cause of PBC is not known. It's most likely an autoimmune disease where the body's immune system attacks its own cells. 
And um, in, in, this, in this disease, the bile ducts are under attack and are destroyed. Uh-huh. So um, it was it was nothing um, from a you know familial nothing. We had no no one else in my family had anything with liver disease. Uh, there were, it was just unknown why PBC. There still is no unknown factor as to why PBC uh, happens. It's just an so, autoimmune disease. So once you knew that nothing was working and you had to get the transplant, where did you turn to get help? Well, I um, I was put on the donor list. Uh, Life Bank. Uh, Life Bank is uh, was founded in 1986. It's a, a place um, here in Northeast Ohio where they cover about 20 counties, um, and they work. They have about 16,000, about 1,600 people in their service area waiting for a kidney, uh, mostly mostly kidney transplants, but um, organ tissue and eye uh, transplants. And um, they, I was on the list, and it was their job from there. Once I was put on the list, to find a match and to uh, find a donor. Uh, to um, help me live. Now, I will share a little bit. My wife, um, I'm so thankful for, she was going to be my living donor, uh, whereas she went through all the series of testing um, to be my living donor, where uh, with the liver, uh, you can uh, you can tra- uh, donate a portion of the liver because it grows back, it regenerates. So oh, my wife okay. was actually going that. to do that. Yeah, my wife was going to do that. I'm very thankful for that. But I got so sick while she was prepared. I mean, she went through all the testing and everything and she had to lose a little bit of weight and um, then she could be my donor, but she was on that road. She had like three, four more pounds to lose or something like that for us uh-huh. to be able to have the procedure. But I had gotten so sick. In fact, I uh, passed out at work and ended up in the ER, which put me way up on the donor list. And um, they found my, they found a donor. So um, it was got, actually quicker for them to find you a donor than for your wife to be your living donor. Yeah, well, really a living donor, you know, if everything's okay and they can give, that's the quickest. And okay. so that's why we were doing it because I was getting I was getting worse by the day. So my wife, like I said, you know, you have to be, a, there's some things you have to go through procedurally, you know, procedure-wise to be a do- living donor. She had to just lose a little bit of weight in order to have the procedure. And um, so the, the quickest way, if you will, to have a transplant or, a, or that is to have a living donor someone that matches you particularly everything. I mean, she matched me. So to the point, my doctor's like, are you all related? <laughs> like, I mean, everything down to the blood type and everything. But, um, I got, I got so sick that it, uh, in my case, and I believe with other like, kidneys and things with liver, if you go higher, you go on a melt score and my score went up higher and the higher I went up on the transplant on the score, I went higher on the transplant, on the transplant list. List. So they were more, okay. Um, active in finding a donor for me. And um, so, so she did, no longer that, became my living donor. She became my caregiver. So was that through your, so through the doctor, the doctor contact LifeBank or did LifeBank contact you when they found that donor? LifeBank, uh, everything went through my doctor, through my, through my uh, delivery coordinator. Yes. So when they found your donor, what, how was, what was your reaction when you found out that there was somebody out there that, so, had a liver for um, you. Yeah. So if I backtrack a little bit, I went through two times. I had uh, what they call a dry run, whereas I got a phone call saying that they found a match. And then I go in to be prepared for a uh, transplant. And for whatever reason, once it was time, they saw that the uh, the liver was not, uh, it was not good. It was not going to be a good match for me. So, um, 
I'm prepared, being prepared for transplant, and I'm told it's not going to happen. So uh, that was a little devastating, but I'm so thankful for the process of becoming, of being prepared for transplant because it's not just you get on there. I had to go through a series of testing and uh, psychological uh, evaluations and things to make sure I was prepared to have my transplant, or even if not, if something was to happen. So I was prepared for if it did not go through, but uh, I was sure that that happened to me twice. Oh, so um, is, is that normal? Is that a normal process, it though? It is. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, it's something that they don't like to happen, but they prepare you as a, a, a possible recipient that this could happen. So I was prepared for a dry run. It's just that you never, you know, when you're in need, you don't think it's ever going to happen because I was getting sick. The more and more that that when that happened, I was getting I was higher up on the score, but on the, you know, to get the transplant but I was not uh, able to have it. So I continued to get even more uh, sick while they were looking for a donor. They, they, that made them look even more aggressively for a match once I was, once they this, found that I went through it twice without one. This is so, so important for our members to hear. That way they know oh, yes. if they feel sick or, or know something's wrong, that they go get that checkup because, you know, oh, we've got the resources our organization does. You know, we've, we've got good benefits and good insurance and all that type of thing. So this is just such an important yeah. thing for them to hear. I, I encourage anyone to go to the doctor. If you feel anything, I don't care if it's in your toe, <laughs> you go. Because really and truly, I, I was running from uh, being healthy. And until someone, until my child stopped me in my tracks and I got scared into becoming healthy <laughs> um, and going to the doctor, that's when I, I, I that's how I'm here. So I, I will share that I did finally get the call at 12, 17 p.m. on March 1st, 2018. I'll oh. never forget the time. I was in my office, very sick, door closed, windows shades down because um, with my disease, you become very fatigued. So most of my staff, everyone knew that if I was in my office, doors closed, windows, you know, everything shut, I needed some time. Um, I'm very fortunate to work somewhere at a place where I'm able to, you know, they understood and they, they cared about me as much as I care for myself. So I got the phone call on March 1st at 12, 17 p.m. Uh, to get the clinic. They found a match. And of course, again, being that this is now my third call. I was like, okay. And they were like, no, this is. Yeah, you, were, you probably kind of thought, uh, you know, you didn't want to yeah. get your hopes up just in case it was another, like the other I, two times. I called my wife. I called my wife and I said, they, they found the match. And she was even like, okay, let's get there. Don't call your brother. Don't call your dad. Don't call anybody. <laughs> get there and let's go through everything. And once we know it's really going to happen, that's when we'll alert the kids, your brother, your dad, your sister. You know, so we because we kind of learned from the last two. Right. Don't tell everyone because, you know, even though my family has my back, you know, it was just as much of a letdown for them. Oh, right. They're they're excited that you're going to get this liver and then for you not to get it. You know, that would be disappointing because it it affects not just me, your entire family, because they want to see me better and back again as well. So we learned from the last two times not to really share, you know, share when it was time to share this third time and, you know, still being in there um, as, I, as we got there, cause they said, get there as soon as you can. I got to Cleveland clinic in 10 minutes, <laughs> but I was admitted on March 1st and I did not have my transplant until the next day, March 2nd. And um, how long was that surgery? I remember them saying that it was about, a, it, it typically is an 11 hour surgery, eight, 10 to 11 hour surgery. They did mine in eight and a half hours. Oh, and gosh. Um, I did not need any um, blood transfusion. Um, 
the thing that my, my doctor really said is because I still was working out, even though I was going through all this other stuff, I was prepared for surgery because my body was prepared for surgery. Um, I, I did not have any, you know, diabetes or anything like that. Um, my and, muscle and that's mass was something good. that's yeah. something that good for our members to hear also is that if you do keep yourself in shape and you oh, yes. and you eat well and, and it will only yeah. help you if you happen to, you know, be diagnosed with, with something like you were or yeah. any other type of illness. It it pays to try to, to keep yourself healthy. as, as yes. healthy as possible. Yeah, that's the, that's how they said. They, they, I, I can recall going to my appointments and the doctor saying, wow, you, you know, outside of everything else, <laughs> you're great. Your body's ready. Like whenever we find this donor, when we have your donor, you're ready to go right in. You know, like I didn't have to do any. Some people have to prepare. They have to, you know, uh, get prepared, lose weight, um, have a negative testing on different things, uh, diabetes and things. I was prepared for surgery because my body was prepared for surgery. So very true. So when Take you found yourself. out, when you finally found out this was it, it it's going to happen yeah. today. What, how were you feeling? I'm sure you were scared. So but. I was, I was, uh, I, I, the feeling, um, once the, the nurse came back in and said, okay, um, this, this was on, uh, uh, Friday morning, this is March 2nd. It was around eight o'clock. She's like, okay, we'll be going in for, you know, surgery uh, around one-ish. And so my wife was like, it's going to happen. They were like, oh yes, this, this, is, this is it. And that's when we start calling everyone. I said, call my brother. My brother's like, oh, he's my first go-to. Call my brother, call my dad, call my sister, call the kids. Like that's when we called everyone. Like it's going down. <laughs> um, so um, that's when, when, they, when the nurse came back in and you could see in her face, like, yeah, this is, we're prepping you now for transplant. And that's when, I mean, they immediately started getting, <laughs> putting things in and, you know, we're going to start putting the tubes and stuff. I mean, it was, yeah. So once, so once they finally said it was, I was, I was very happy because again, I was very sick. Yes. So I was very happy. It just felt like a relief. I felt like I could breathe, even though I knew, I didn't know what to expect from transplant. I was happy to be able to, uh, that it was finally going to happen. And I, I, I mean, my biggest thing was, I, I would, I, you know, I wanted to see my eyes again. I wanted to see the white in my eyes again because again, oh, yeah. I, my just eyes to, just to were be very yellow. Back to normal a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to look like Jacques again. Um, well, I saw just, your Life Bank video, and yeah. wow, that was so touching. Jacques Smith, forty-six, of Cleveland Heights, passed away today from an aggressive form of liver disease. A devoted father. Loving husband, son, brother, and advocate, Jacques was known for his never-ending laughter, love of life, and community. This was never printed because I received a liver transplant on March 2nd, 2018. I do a lot for LifeBank because they they did so much for me. They they I mean I, I can't thank them enough. And I said if I've you know, if I get, if I see through this, you know, I'm going to give back. So once I was able to, I started, my family and I, we started participating in the walks that they have at, um, at, um, uh, awesome music center. We started uh, the walk of life events. Um, I give back, I go, I speak at different various events. Um, I, you name it. I, well, I give just back the fact I that in that video, in your reading, like your own obituary yeah. was just so impactful. Yeah, that was, um, it was several takes. Um, they, the one that they captured, I mean, it was it was not a dry eye. I was really and truly um, 
you know, and I told them I, I would be willing to do anything. I said, I would do this if it, if it shows that it never happened. And they said, oh, it will show that it never, it was never published. And, and that's how I said, okay, to doing that. And I'm so thankful. And they've gotten so many positive, uh, positive feedback from that. Um, I know, I know personal friends who have seen it and have become donors. Um, so I'm very thankful for the work of Life Bank and the fact that they are even including me um, to be a part of uh, their story because they really do hard work. And I'm alive because of someone's gift of life that was, you know, found through Life Bank. And now, you know, here you are, you feel yeah. healthy. Um, I'm yeah. sure you're pretty much back to your usual activities. Yeah, I got braces on Monday. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that. Great. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I so feel, I feel great. I, you're um, going to have a brand new smile and everything. Brand new smile. I have a brand new smile, brand new walk, brand new attitude. I'm just, uh, you know, I did change some ways of uh, living. I'm pescatarian now. I don't eat meat. Uh, just because there were so many restrictions after transplant, not to say that you have to, you couldn't eat meat or whatever. I just was like, you know, what can I do to, I, I didn't want to go back here again. So they were like, change your eating habits and stuff. And I said, okay, I'll just, there was just so many restrictions they were giving me. I said, I'll just wipe out the meat and stay with like fish and things like and vegetables and fruits. And I've really, um, I feel great. Um, I'm an advocate. I'm back in the gym. I'm, I do a lot of cardio. Um, I don't lift as much as I did. I was bench pressing a lot beforehand, yeah. but I don't do that as much because I'm just, I'm just self-conscious of my body is different. So I, I just train different now. So um, I feel really good. I'm very thankful for every day, um, every moment uh, that I'm here. I am very self-conscious about anything, um, you know, that I, that I am around my surroundings. You know, I am, um, I, I just, you know, surround myself with, with positivity. Um, That's great. Anything in my life, I just make sure I stay positive because I don't need anything, anything negative in my life. <laughs> uh, I've been there, done that. I'm trying to stay positive. You know, I have my days, but you know, I, I do have to take uh, rejection meds every day. I take about 19 pills a day um, just to stay on track and, you know, make sure that everything is okay. I break them up um, from 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. at night. So I have some restrictions in my life as far as when and what I can do. But I feel pretty good. I feel great. I'm, every day I wake up, I'm thankful. And I know it's because of the gift of life. And I, I just, you know. Well, I know what, to what look at you, you would never guess that you were somebody that had had a liver transplant. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that because uh, my story is, you know, it just it just happened. You know, when the doctor said, you know, because PVC is unknown. You were just one of the lucky ones, if you will, that <laughs> right. uh, that contracted the uh, illness, and I'm, I'm I'm thankful for it. Uh, you know, I, I did go through the wide me's and the low me's and things like that when I first was diagnosed, but I'm thankful for it because it's helped me to build up this resiliency. You know, I'm, I'm very uh, I'm very passionate about things now. If I put my mind to it, I do it. Um, I don't wait. Well, it's it's um, such a regularly. It's such a <laughs> great great story, and you know, yeah. and especially to see where you are now. So let's talk about your title and what you do at Tri C. Yes, so at Tri C, I'm director of a, a mentoring program here at the college. I've been with Tri C about 23 years. I started initially in their marketing department years ago, and I just stayed. I'm a graduate of the college. Uh, very thankful for everything I've been through uh, educationally, and Tri C is where I got my start. So I'm very thankful for that. And um, I've gone on to Cleveland State, University of Phoenix for um, my BA, Cleveland State, my MBA, University of Phoenix. But uh, 
Tri-City is where everything started. And I told myself once I graduated, I would love to come back and work for the college. And I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to do so. And now I'm able to touch students' lives daily by giving them a mentor, helping them out, make sure that they have the tools they need to succeed academically and personally um, here at the college. Our um, training center um, in Howard, Ohio, actually uh, has a collaborative with Tri-C and our apprenticeships, uh, apprenticeship um, applicants or the people that take our apprenticeship classes, they actually can get college credits there through Tri-C. Is that correct? Yeah, there's leadership courses, uh, all kinds of uh, team building things, uh, there, there's manufacturing technolo- technical trainings, all, all kinds of different things. Yes, it's all through our workforce community and economic development division. Um, so, yes, we, we do a lot in, in the area of um, in, in your particular area. Yes, there's there's where you can get certificates, uh, degrees, trainings, most definitely. And what I, I know I've been saying Tri-C. What is Tri-C? Yes, Cuyahoga Community College. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, Jacques, this was just such a great story. And, you know, I'm so happy for you and your family. Of course, you know, I work with your brother and, yes. uh, Love you know, that guy. yeah, he's, he's such a good guy and, and I see it runs in the family and just yeah. so thankful to have you here and you're able to come on the show and talk about your illness and the importance of getting checked out. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very glad to be here. And my brother means the world to me. Like I, you know, my dad, like my brother was the first one that I called, you know, that got the call that I was, I was going to have my transplant. He's, he's been right there with me all my life. So I'm just very thankful for my brother. And, you know, That's great. Anything I can do. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you again. And, you know, we appreciate you being here and hopefully we can have you back on the show. Please. I would love that. We're really grateful for what LifeBank does, and we encourage our members to take care of themselves, see their doctors regularly, but we support LifeBank and what they do. We would like for you to support LifeBank, and if you would like to find out more information about them, we'll have a link in our show note, and hopefully you can go check them out. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Shella Rupa, and this is Down With The Dig. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.